Does anybody else constantly have a dialogue that's going on in their head or monologue maybe? Like every time that music comes on, I'm like thinking of all the things that I want to say to you backstage. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Kick-Ass Career Conversations. Hello. I just started a mid-sentence, which is what I do in the world. <laughs> I am Kim, and my lovely co-host is... Louise. And, and today we have... <laughs> Monica! <laughs> Yay, Monica! Please <laughs> took me my spot. Hey. She's never done that before. That's awesome. That was awesome. We're trying new things, <laughs> keeping them snappy. Um, like welcome, 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 Monica. We are so glad that you're here, and we are going to share with the world uh, who you are and why you're always moving fast um, in just a little bit. <laughs> like how I tied that one in, huh? Yeah. Um, but first, we want to know what are each of us celebrating this week? Louise, you want to kick us off? What are we celebrating? Absolutely. I, we, we all know we lo I love this question, unless this is your very first time tuning in. Uh, so last weekend was a long weekend. And uh, as an entrepreneur, I worked the holiday because that's what we do sometimes, right? We, mm -hmm. we have that flexibility to figure out what, what that is. Uh, and in doing that, during that holiday day, that was a non-holiday for me, I was like, how do I want to show up differently? I'm not really loving the fact that I that I that I did this, but I felt like I had to. Uh, lots of have tos, I think, in as a business owner, but I wanted to explore this idea of like, where can I be showing up a little bit differently that actually feeds me? And that right. turned out that it's not at all in my business. Um, and so I started to explore with my morning routine a little bit and getting really. Uh, focused on getting up without hitting the snooze button. Uh, I am notorious for it's not once. It's like multiple, multiple times. And I don't, I don't want to do that. Right. There's just, that's just something I don't want to do. That's not who I want to be. And so finding ways to make that happen this whole week, uh, phenomenal. I have gone, Monday was a holiday. I've gone four for four this week. I've, I've actually been awake before my alarm wakes me up, but getting my ass out of bed when that alarm goes off. Uh, no snooze. And it's been fabulous. So I'm kind of celebrating that that whole process of like, what do I want to change? Like, what's important to me? And then launching into that experiment just to see like, where can I begin? What's that one small thing that I can start to do? So I feel like I'm showing up in integrity with who I want to be. That was just one small thing. I don't know what next week's going to be. Maybe you can tune in every week and find out what I'm changing. But this week was all about no snoozing. And I loved it. So Mm, good That's for awesome. you. Thanks. I know, yeah. you. I know you complain about this news button a lot. So good for you. <laughs> Monica, how about you? What are you celebrating? Well, I thought when I, you know, was prepping and thinking about this conversation, I was like, okay, what am I celebrating? And I, I told my daughter, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate growth personally and professionally. And she said, well, you know, mom, that's really broad. And I'm like, but I liked a lot of what you said, Louise, in that 
you know, setting intentions for yourself and things like that. And so my daughter was like, you need to think bigger. And I was like, like what? She's like, well, what number of business did we launch last week? And I was like our ninth business since 2018. She's like, that's something to celebrate. And I was like, yeah, it is. So we did launch our ninth business since 2018 um, last week. And it's called the Impact Agency. And we're excited about that. Um, it's a digital version of the Pivotal Companies um, offering digital stuff. So that was just super exciting from, from a personal and professional growth stance to kind of expand broader. So that's really kind of our celebration this week. Mm, I love that. And um, yes, with nine launches, you might start to get a sense of why this woman is always on the run. <laughs> yes, this is why I'm always on the go. <laughs> I will tell you, Louise, though I downloaded, this is so funny. I don't think that I'm a procrastinator, but I really probably am. Um, and so when you were telling your story about waking up early, I started it's hilarious. Weeks ago, I uh, downloaded a hypnotherapy for procrastination and you listen to the soundtrack, one soundtrack every night for a week. And then week two comes and you have a new one and it's like eight weeks long. And so for the first three to three to five weeks, I was stuck on week one and I wasn't <laughs> progressing. So I was procrastinating on my procrastination hypnotherapy. But I will tell you that after I quit procrastinating on it, I have been waking up every day at 7 a.m. on the dot, like ready to go. And like, I have been knocking so much stuff out. So I want to say that it's working. I'm on week three now <laughs> after <laughs> week two, but that might help you with your alarms. I'm not sure. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Wait, the, yeah. It is about that intentionality, right? Like when we, we know there's like that, I don't know, it's that rock in our shoe, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. that's how we actually get further down the road is like, let's stop and get the thing out. Um, and, and sometimes it's just little, but keeping that intention and, and knowing there's these little places and spaces to grow our, our capacity, I guess, and step into who we yeah. want to be. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, good stuff already. Um, I'm on the other end of the spectrum, I feel like, right now, because this week, <laughs> um, so getting ready to be out of the office for two weeks, traveling for two weeks, I um, made my schedule more compact than I am comfortable with. And I'm like, I can do this. This is not a problem. I was smart this time. I planned time before I leave and time after I leave for some downtime. So I'm better. I sh I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I was not fine, friends. I was not fine. And I used what I know are in my toolbox. I used several tools that I knew that were in my toolbox in ways that I had not used them before. So I am a hard and fast. If I don't work out in the morning, it's not going to happen. Like I know that about myself. Talk about procrastination. It's like, if I don't do it, I will procrastinate it all the way until the next morning. So I said, that's not going to be true. If I am allowing myself a little bit more sleep because I am so stressed out that I'm not able to fall asleep at night, so I'm going to try and like allow myself that time, what can I do on the back end of my day to decompress? What can I do during the day to decompress when I literally am back to back? And there were a couple calls where I said, I actually need to end this call five minutes early because I, I stacked things in a way that is not healthy for me. So I'm celebrating my recognition kind that. of after the fact a little bit, but in, I guess mid midstream mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that it is, it's okay to say, this isn't a way that I'm, I, I don't like working out later in the day. I don't get the same intensity. I don't, and it was okay because what I did moved the energy and it was for a different purpose. 
It was not to wake me up and get me going and make me feel strong. It was to move the energy and make sure I didn't kill my family. So that like, right, yeah. valid purpose. I mean, I'm yeah. pretty sure that that Danny and Izzy appreciate that I didn't. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Before we dive any further into this um, conversation, I would love to share with the world, Monica, a little bit more about you. I have had the pleasure of, of spending a little bit more time, although not a tremendous amount of time with Monica over the past year. So hello. Oh, well, somebody else is giving your background. Okay. <laughs> Monica has spent 32 years serving uh, the property management sector. She started her own businesses. As we've heard, she now has nine, but she started her first ones back in 2018. She has two grown daughters that are married and a total of five grandbabies. She and her husband sold their home in May of 2021, paying off all of their debt and have been nomadically roaming the U.S. She's currently uh, She currently launched, just launched her digital marketing agency. Yeah and continues to find unique ways to support women within the property management sector. Charlie has so much to say about that. We're all he excited does. that you're here, Monica. Thank you, Charlie. And thank you, Kim. You're welcome. What question was Charlie trying to ask Monica? Like he really sounded interested. It did. Like, like can you say that again? <laughs> no. Charlie. Um, he has nothing my question though is like holy smokes like so eight nine ten twenty launches businesses later like did you always you're a serial entrepreneur yes i woke up late in life as an entrepreneur um i didn't really i'm turning 53 in june and so i don't think my inner entrepreneur woke up until 46 47 and i was like boom i've arrived um i think a lot of it was you know, I was busy raising kids and growing, climbing that corporate ladder and building my career that I was too married to the benefits and that cyclical paycheck coming mm -hmm. to go out on my own. Um, I think in hindsight, you know, I wish now I had done all of this when I was younger because wow, what have, what could I have done, you know, with all the time. So, um, yeah, it's been quite the journey. I, you know, morphed several of them of them into one over the after the pandemic. Um, it was really a trying time, but I keep finding after spending 30 plus years in the industry ways that a vendor could better serve the industry if they had the knowledge of people within the industry. And so really that's at the heart of all of my work is really leading by example and having been there and done that and helping coach, teach and train others how to be successful in the industry and in this career. Um, I'm passionate about property management as a whole and have spent a lot of years in it. And it's been such a rewarding career in a variety of ways. And ironically, we're talking about confidence today. And that's one of the things that really stuck out to me in my career is, you know, for the last 20 years, I've been in the student housing sector. So think of off campus student housing apartment communities. I work with owners, asset managers, and investors and management companies in stabilizing and filling their housing. But I also do a lot of training, leasing, marketing, and sales for their on-site teams. Well, when you work in the student sector, you work with a lot of young females um, just because of their age group and they're in college. And really, it stuck out to me that a lot of these young ladies today don't have the confidence that that I see in them, you know, I can look at them and say, Oh my gosh, if I were you and I were that age, like I'd be hell on wheels, right? <laughs> like no stopping me now. And they don't have that confidence. And that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed in that 
piece of my career is working with that younger generation and seeing that and having that knowledge, even in raising my own two daughters to know what the, where they might lack confidence and why and how to help them achieve the things that they're scared to achieve. And, you know, doing other podcasts or speaking with other young individuals, a, a lot of times they're like, how do you do that? And I think being an entrepreneur is about being a risk taker. We're the dreamers. We're the we're the dreamers, and, and we go out and make those things happen. And we're we are willing to take the risks, but a lot of young individuals aren't unless they have that innate, born, natural entrepreneurial spirit from kindergarten. You know, and some people do. I talked to a girl today earlier that was selling hair things in third grade like, to her class and had per permission slips for parents. So I think all of that kind of ties into kind of my career and past and stuff as well. What about like young Monica? Like, was did she dream that, that this would be like, did you dream that this would be you? Or was there another dream that she had like career wise? What was that? What was that about? Well, I think I'm super ambitious and really driven. I was raised by a very independent woman. Um, and so I think seeing that strength and independence in her younger Monica was really, um, you know, I think we fight or not fight, but we oftentimes probably do different or opposite of what our parents, what we saw, because when we're growing up, we don't want to do what our parents did most of the time. But then sometimes we end up circling back and doing what our parents did. <laughs> but younger Monica was really um, into corporate America, climbing that corporate ladder, getting to the top um, and always, you know, striving and being ambitious to do that. And once I reached kind of that top level of, um, you know, in the sales leg of it in corporate America, I was kind of like, okay, my kids are grown. Um, they're out of the house. I had some opportunities present themselves that were just timely where it was like, um, I went to work for a guy that was very entrepreneurial minded. He offered me double my salary to leave corporate America. So I was like, sure, why not? My kids are grown. What do I got to lose? <laughs> so I took that leap of faith and really, you know, it was a very awful experience. If I'm being honest, um, it was very not pleasant work environment at all. However, I learned so much that I would absolutely do it over and over again um, because the takeaways really, it, it launched my entre serial entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and the way I view and experience things. And so, yeah, um, my team, my husband, everybody's like, stop creating now, <laughs> stop inventing. But I'm just kind of like that idea bank right now. If you come to me with a X, Y, and Z, I went on a Virgin cruise in September and I wanted to work for Virgin so bad the entire time. I could think of every marketing mimic gimmick thing that they should be rolling out. So, um, yeah, I think young Monica was very career focused and driven and very rigid where my mom was not, by example. Um, she was that entrepreneur spirit nomad type personality. And, um, and so I think I was striving for the opposite. But once I got older, had that confidence in myself and have spent so many years in the market and in the industry, I feel, you know, extremely confident in my expert opinion on anything property management because of the time that I've spent and the jobs that I've done in doing those. So I would say younger Monica was really obsessed with climbing that corporate ladder. And then older Monica's very obsessed of not working for anyone but herself. <laughs> So it's interesting because I heard you talk about taking a leap of faith mm -hmm. um, and thinking about talking with younger women, because that's what, what I know you're passionate about. Speaking with younger women about taking a leap of faith, you, what you see in them, even though you were driven, did you see that in yourself when you were younger? Like, were you able yeah. to see? Yeah. Isn't that the, the miracle of confidence? It's like we recognize it 
so often after time. Yeah, it's so true. I think about that a lot, especially with my daughters. They're turning 29 and 30 this summer. And, you know, just watching them grow and learn and, and trying to teach them to have that confidence and view themselves and care for themselves. You know, the pandemic was a really hard time for me as a newer entrepreneur. And I made a ton of rookie mistakes. Like that could be its own episode. Um, <laughs> but um, I learned so much. And so, you know, the thing that has stuck with me is that perseverance. Um, I hold on to that so dearly. I think those of us that are entrepreneur minded, like you can pitch failure in a way that can make you feel really icky. But if you really turn it around and use it as a fail forward and a learning step to be onto the next thing, um, it it frames failure in a different way. And so it doesn't feel so personally beating up for me anyway um, by by exuding that confidence or having the, the wherewithal to go forward and do the things that I want to do. And so I think, um, yeah, it's very liberating the older we get as women. Um, I think we have way more confidence with age and time, at least I do. And now I'm kind of like, I've been saying for the last six months, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, so don't hate if you aren't. But, you know, I, I've been saying that, you know, for me, I don't know where I was going with Taylor Swift. I got sidetracked. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. It's yeah, good for Taylor, SEO. Taylor Swift. Yes. <laughs> Taylor Swift. I love her. I was, I've been listening to I'd be the man all morning. That's been my jam today. So if that tells you where I'm coming from, but yeah, I think younger females, they just, they, I don't think we know as women, what I, where I was going is during the pandemic, I got under such an amount of stress that a lot of old trauma came up and it really forced me to do a lot of self-reflection. And I think I self-reflect naturally anyway, that's just part of who I am. But I look at life in a very different way now. And so it would be really unique and an amazing thing if I could capture what that is and be able to hand it off to younger females. That would be, you know, a dream for me. Like, you know, let me take this and teach you now that these things don't matter that you think that do. And these things do matter when you're older. And so really being able to frame work, life, confidence, goals, whatever it is, in a way that that they believe in themselves and they can do it. And it's not coming from a place of fear. Like you've got to brave it out and show up and you've got to keep showing up. And in talking to many entrepreneurs, you know, we all talk about that's the difference is we fall down, we get back up. We fall down, we get back up. We fall down, we get back up. We don't get stopped. And those people that fall down and then get in that yucky place of misery and, oh no, why me? And then they stop and then they just go back to a regular nine to five job. And I think that, you know, being able to keep going when odds are against you is such a, a such a valuable quality that people don't really hone in on too early in life, at least not in my world. We didn't. So, so. that we talk about that often here, right? That idea of resilience. And it's, in, it's an interesting um, flavor towards confidence is how does resilience, how does our own resilience, regardless of our situation, how does our own resilience build confidence? How does it help strengthen that muscle? Because that's kind of what I'm hearing you say is that's what happened for you is, is mm -hmm. continually getting back up and trying new things. Um, you know, being in, in that icky first, uh, opportunity before you went onto your entrepreneurial journey, um, the, having that space to understand, I don't have to stick here. And I know Louise, you and I talk a lot with our clients about not getting in, 
we don't need to be stuck. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think it is really interesting to think about the resilience and this whole idea of, of failure and how these two things kind of play together. Because I, I know growing up too, it's, it's I always think of like resilience as the bike ride, right? Like as you're learning to ride the bike, um, mm -hmm. going through my mind is don't fall and skin your knee. Like don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. And that's because that's what I saw, right? I, I saw you see kids fall off their bikes all the time and skin their knees, right? And it looks like it's painful and that it hurts. And so this idea of like, I'm going to get on the bike and I, but, but I can't get on the bike until I know how to ride, but that doesn't, make any sense in reality, but in my mind it does, right? Because we only learn how to ride a bike by practicing, but right. So there's all of these things and all of these, uh, I guess their thoughts, those are our limiting beliefs that, that pipe in that keep us from even trying that keep us from actually failing. And I, I feel like confidence, like that, that comes with with two things. It comes with failing and it comes with self-reflection um, because we can do both of those things. And if they're not together, then we're not actually building confidence at all. Well, you're not growing. Right? You're not learning. You're not learning from that thing, right? Yeah. Like you, you take it for what it is and, and, it, and it's painful and it hurts. And then you carry that pain and that hurt with you when we can kind of step out of that to say, okay, well, what's the bigger picture, right? What's, what, what did I actually learn? Well, I learned that I shouldn't learn how to ride a bike going downhill on a gravel road. Like that's <laughs> maybe not how to do it. Right. Um, <laughs> so, right. So, but I really do like, I love that you said Monica about like that self-reflection. And I mm -hmm. think as young people, we, we, we're, we don't have the capacity. I was going to say we're not born with, but I, I don't know that that's true. But we can learn how to self-reflect, but we don't see the value in that because we're going 100 miles an hour and we're young and wild and free. There's a song. There is a song. Mm -hmm. um, that's oh, we're not, not going to sing it. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'd be the <laughs> man. <laughs> Right, but I think that's kind of that 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 awkward space, especially as as young people, and, and that that we are going 100 miles an hour, and we are right, and and we don't think about that self reflection piece, and so we're not really learning the lessons that are there to be learned. I think that's interesting because it takes me to a mindset or a place of in my mind that you know you don't know what you don't know. And when you're younger, you're just living life. And so I remember, it's so ironic we're talking about this. Like a week ago, a, a conversation that came back to my memory that I had had years ago, um, probably 15, 20 years ago now. And it was, I was leaving a company and they said, the, the HR, head of HR said to me, she goes, your um, reputation supersedes you. And I was too young to really think about what that meant, you know, and I never stop and self-reflected. If you had asked anybody about younger Monica, they would say, they probably wouldn't say, oh yeah, she's super confident. And I didn't show up like I do today. Um, I was more concerned about optics, right? And how I was perceived, but that I was doing a good job and I was being a good girl and I was growing and being successful. I never stopped one time to think about how do I look to others and what does that feel like or look like? And I think that 
as we get older, we are able to pause um, and reflect on that and think, okay, you know, what does that mean? And what a major compliment that was to younger Monica that Monica didn't even like, couldn't appreciate the value of at the time, because Mm -hmm. I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't see myself as others had seen me, you know, younger Monica, when I was moving into through my property management career, I had a, a boss tell me that, you know, I was too kind. I was too nice. I had too big of a heart and I do have a big heart and I am kind. I've also had that same organization, the head of HR tell me you're the only person that I've ever seen that can terminate someone and they give you a hug. And I'm like, that's because they know it's coming. Like, it's not a surprise. It's called open communication. And I think that that's so important. And I think it's so important for younger people to be able to have that vocal voice and speak it and feel confident to speak it, even if they might say something silly or look funny or be made fun of or whatever. Those are going to be dings to the confidence and cause people to not want to open up and share. But there's so much value in authenticity, in my opinion. And I'm a huge curator of authenticity and kindness because I feel like it's our job to be the change we want to see in this world. I have children and grandchildren and I want them to grow up in a place that's good and that's not terrible. And it's my job to make sure that I can show up and be the change every day. And that's something that's in my control. And so I feel like it starts with one person change does, and it's by showing up and being that change. And I think it's having conversations like this, that the younger um, generation can hear and learn from, because again, you don't know what you don't know. If someone had told me when I was 20, you need, you need to self-reflect Monica, um, you know, or your, your reputation supersedes you. That means you, you're really great and you don't even realize it. And I didn't feel like Monica Morgan was really great when she was younger. I mean, I knew how to stabilize an asset. I could manage one. I could lead people like those things, but I didn't comprehend that those were great things. Like that was really Mm -hmm. valuable. Yeah. Well, it's that valuation, right? And, and whether it's, it's intrinsic, whether we're able to value it inside or we're able to hear that it's extrinsic and receive it, right? Because that's Mm -hmm. another thing is we, we can receive that external validation, that extrinsic validation and not necessarily receive it, which is what you said Mm -hmm. happened with you. It's, it's really interesting when we go to this place of valuation. And um, I talked in my newsletter this week about authenticity. And so it's so funny because I'm like, what did I say already? Oh, no, that was in writing. <laughs> but this place of authenticity and, and living our values and valuing ourselves enough to create the boundaries that we need to create so we're not letting in that noise, that extrinsic noise. It's allowing us ourselves to um, gauge and discern that, that importance for ourselves, right? We talk a lot about personal agency and autonomy of thought um, on our show here. And it's that that is, to me, both indicative of strong confidence and the foundation for. So it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg. It's like, where do you start? Do you start with the confidence or from the confidence? Are you able to show up in the world this way with us, with authenticity, with autonomy, with this understanding that you can create these boundaries and keep the the noise at bay? Like which one comes first? And I, I do feel like it feeds on itself. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I would agree with you. I do think it feeds on itself. I don't think... I mean, it's back to you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? And then you know it. So when you know better, do better. But, you know, well, I think it does feed back into that. Yeah. Yes. And 
going to drop that in there. So if, if, if that, I think if that were true all the time or all and always true that, that once we figured out that we were confident, we would continue to be confident. Right. And that, and that is not true. Right. When I was in my corporate experience, I was, I owned it. I was confident in a lot of the things that I did. I was really good at what I did until I was in a place that didn't see that and that 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 pulled my confidence, that crushed me, that made me feel really, really small. That right, that I I lost my voice, I lost my confidence, I lost my credibility, I lost all of those things. Right. I could barely get out of the vehicle in the morning to walk into the office building because yeah. of how right of 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 all of those things I, I felt like I did not have anymore. I wasn't even confident enough that I wasn't going to trip on my way in. Right. Like the, all of those things. And so mm-hmm. I had confidence. I knew how to build it. And yet like that feels like sometimes it gets stolen or somebody comes along and pushes me off the bike. And I was in the middle of a race, right? It, it, mm-hmm. it can shake us. Was that a growth edge for you? Were you going into something new or was that something that you were confident in that then, like you said, you got knocked off the bike? Because I know both can, both like our, our confidence can be shaken because we're moving into something new and that's a growth edge. And, and it's like, Ooh, I haven't done that before. I have to grow. I have to stretch though. This feels crunchy again. Mm-hmm. And then there's that place of, wait, I was confident. Where the hell did my confidence just go? Well, for me, it started off like, this is a growth edge. This is a new opportunity. I'm in a new place. Of course, I'm not going to feel confident. Of course, that imposter syndrome is going to like creep up on me. That's okay. I know these things. I've been in growth edges before. I've got it right. And then it's like, yeah, but I never came through the other side. All of a sudden, the imposter is really, really loud. All of a sudden, right, the that growth edge is not an edge anymore. I'm not going up on that learning curve. I'm like headed down um, someplace else. How did you rebuild That's that? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? It is. How did you rebuild that? I got the hell out of there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting because yeah. – Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I think – no, I was just going to say, I, I think you're totally right. But I think for me, it was a little different, but I can re- relate to you because for me, I was unaware. I, I knew I was good at my job. Obviously I was growing, being, uh, you know, promoted, things like that. Um, but I was not really self-aware of my confidence or, you know, I knew I did a good job mm-hmm. and that I was that person, but I didn't see that value outside of my route for others. And so for me during the pandemic, I never had imposter syndrome until after the pandemic hit. And all of a sudden I started experiencing that for the first time. And I was like, what is this? You know, I just always just took my orders, went and marched. You said, go climb the hill. I go climb the hill, you know, call me if you need help. And that's what I'm doing. I'm over here doing the hill. And so I think it was interesting to have to step back and learn about about imposter syndrome in situations like that. And I could see where that would knock you off kilter if you were naturally confident and moving ahead and then you got knocked down. You're like, what is this? And where did it come from? And then of course would have that kind of hurt ego and those things. I took a course two winters ago um, that was a needs-based living course. And I never stopped and thought ever in my life until 50 years old about my needs and if they were being met. 
Um, and what what are my boundaries? And, you know, and I think a lot of this has been that time of life where I've kind of morphed the older I get and the more I'm self-reflective and the more I think and work with different people, I can say, okay, you know, I can see this or I know my, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know my, my business in asset management, like challenge me, you know? Um, and so I don't, but, but you can get the, in the moments where you're trying to push out something new and people are like, you're, you, you let that stuff play into your mindset. You, you tell yourself your limiting beliefs and, and allow those thoughts to creep in. And that's really challenging. So I could imagine, yes, getting out of there for you was probably the best next step, but also like recovering from that the the recover personally from that and the recognition and lessons you got from it you know i think that's that's interesting mm -hmm. it is a recovery process i think mm -hmm. right absolutely regardless of of where you are in in that space or however it comes to you like when we are in our midlife that can feel really like really really shaky right to to say like holy smokes what's happening here. Um, you, you talk about needs. I was 52 and I learned about like needs. They get mad. Yeah. I have them. Like, I have some. <laughs> what's that? Um, <laughs> None of them are being met. What is happening? <laughs> but, but I think that's like, that's that moment of, of or that power of that self-reflection, right? It's that power of the pause um, in your life and the noise that's going on and then unpacking to say, okay, well, but what is really true, right? What are the stories I'm telling myself? What is really true here? And then where, where do I go? Where do I take that next small step to move forward? And, and I, and I think we do rebuild it. Absolutely. Maybe it's not even a rebuild. Um, we don't have to rebuild our confidence. We just have to reconnect with ourselves to know like it, it was always there. We just get disconnected from it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that idea of connecting and disconnecting. Cause I think that when I asked, is it like the, that growth edge space and then, right. You, you didn't feel like you could move forward with confidence or you're standing in a place of confidence and all of a sudden it disappears. Um, it, it's, it is a, something that we can plug into and that can sometimes be unplugged from us. Um, I, that was one of my many, <laughs> many times where I stepped into that place of what I didn't know was imposter syndrome. Cause I didn't feel like, imp I didn't feel like I didn't belong. Didn't feel like I, I was in a space that I, maybe I wasn't an expert, but I could definitely add value. Um, and yet somebody came along and was like, but you don't know this is what you don't know. And this is what you're showing up with in a way that that's not helpful in this space. And it, that was like, what I, whoa. So that was where, right. It, you can feel very confident and then hear from something from the outside. And again, that goes to this place of how far do we let in the external noise? I let that one all the way in and it totally deflated me. Um, I know that rebuilding process, that healing process that came from that meant that I needed to learn certain things. Um, a lot of it was behavioral, a lot of it was mindset, but it was also actually going out and learning shit I didn't know, um, right? That I, that I just kind of bypassed because I didn't know that I needed to know, or it wasn't like, it wasn't willful ignorance. It was, I just didn't know that I, that this would be helpful information. Yeah. Um, but it can feel really crunchy when somebody comes along and says, you're not as cool and amazing as you think you are. 
right? Like that, I, the most confident people in the world that like that doesn't affect, I, I genuinely, I wish I had that kind of Teflon at times. I've learned how far to let things like that in, but it, it is challenging when we put ourselves, whether it's asking for a promotion, asking for a new client, putting a new project out into the world, whatever the thing is that we're doing, it feels so vulnerable at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. And I know we were talking about it's a, everything's a process, not a moment, but at that moment, it can feel really scary. And therefore, like it's it's the it's the veil gets really thin where our confidence can be rocked even more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so let's here here we are, three amazing women um, who have been through the ringer, um, who've fallen off many bikes, skinned many knees, uh, and here we are um, winning the race uh, in a lot of ways. So what what tips or or, or things? can you think of that can be helpful to others who maybe aren't feeling like they're winning the race or maybe they're a little wobbly on their bikes right now? I always tell people when they ask me, you know, whether it's speaking on a panel or, you know, launching a new product or a new business or whatever it is, is to brave it out, you know, just suck it up and brave it out. And that's really easy for me to tell somebody to do, but not easy to actually coach them to do or to explain how to do. Right. So I think, um, you know, for me, the tips and tricks is I, you know, one of my coworkers, I signed us up uh, for panels to be speakers. And she's like, I don't want to get in front of people and speak. And I'm like, yes, you do. You're fine. You talk to people all day long. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, just get up there and do it and knock it out. And so I think um, a tips and tricks wise for me is, you know, I, I like to suck it up and brave it out. And I know that not everybody can do that. But I think that if you spend too much time in the what if zone, um, that you're not going to make the progress you wanted to make anyway. So rip that bandaid off and go for it is, is kind of my mantra. You know, I'm just like, let's do it. We're going to do it and see what happens. And it's so easy to let so many things come into your life to, to kind of dictate and control your confidence or how you feel or those limiting beliefs or what you're telling yourself. And I could use an example like the digital marketing agency. I was very concerned that people would optically look at Monica Morgan and go, oh, now she's a digital marketing agent specialist. Awesome. You know, <laughs> like, okay, is she the expert in that now? Well, I've been taking a ton of AI courses and a ton of digital courses. And actually I am getting very skilled in that um, and growing that leg because I want to know, I like to speak confidently about my businesses or what I offer. But my daughter was like, mom, why are you even concerned? Like, who cares? Like you have made a business out of creating services that are best served by people from the industry. And that's all you're doing is saying, hey, I'm going to offer digital services because I understand the ebbs and flows of the housing industry. And I understand the hurdles and I understand when they need lift and support and when they don't, when you can dial your ads down and when you can dial them up. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm just going to not let that be part of this thought that I have, get rid of it. And I'm just going to move forward. And there will be people I can help and, and there will be people that aren't interested and that's okay. Yeah. So funny. You said like rip the bandaid off and like my whole nervous system just went into shock. I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, I know, and I do, I rip band-aids off all the time. And yeah. yeah, there's part of me that just felt like that. So Louise, I love this question. Um, I think for me, right. With this idea of like, how far do we let that external noise come in, which mm -hmm. is kind of what uh, Monica was talking about. Um, 
I use a lot of centering processes. And this is more kind of in the moment when I'm feeling like um, my confidence is shaken in that moment. Um, so the, that place of how do I bring myself right back here to the present moment? Um, how do I see the landscape that's in front of me? What am I stepping into? And really walking myself through it in a way that that my nervous system doesn't go into overdrive. It knows it's a risk and... I've gone through, it's it's not the uh, obsessive thinking of every detail, but it's the pre the preparation stage, right? It's like, it, think about being a woman in the 1800s and having to put on the 19 different layers of everything to get ready to go out. That's kind of what I'm talking about, right? It's putting my corset on and pulling, pulling on my pantaloons and then the overskirt and then like all the layers. Okay, now I'm ready. So- that's that's kind of how I envision it um, to in the moment if I need to to garner a little bit more confidence. How about for you, Louise? What what tips do you have for folks? I think it's uh, I think you already know my answer because um, it's about data. But like <laughs> like you know when we're on the on this bike ride or running this race or whatever it is that you want to use as a metaphor into where we're headed, um, we we are we're constantly looking around and we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people in the race. Um, where are they? What are they doing? I could never do that, right? Or right? And and so or or we've set this expectation, right, for ourselves because of what we've seen come on around us. Um, and everybody's running and or biking or driving in their own race. And so we have no idea how far that person has come or how far they yet have to go. We only know mm -hmm. our race. And when we can stick to our race and we can look still looking at, you know, the environment and what's going on, but knowing that that's that's for us. Right. And it doesn't matter how many bikers are on the road. It's like, this is my race and this is where I'm going. And I think when we can step into that space and just actually start to pay attention, gather data about actually what's going on and not inside our heads and not comparing with this false sense of right expectation that we really do start to build confidence because then we're actually like it starts to become real life stuff, right? And mm -hmm. and that's that's what we can hang on to. That's what we can put into our buckets. Um, and when our bucket gets a hole in it and it shakes us a little bit, it's like, right? Yes, and I know how to fix that bucket. I know how to pick up those pieces and I know how to get more in case I've lost a few. Um, th that's that space anyways. I always when call I that, that put your eyes on your own paper. Just put your eyes back on your own paper. That's what I was going to say. When I took that needs-based living course, they taught us to get into the emotional elevator. And so a good example of this emotional elevator for me was that I wasn't aware of the things I was telling myself, the self-limiting beliefs. Um, I was unaware of them. And so I told myself that if my kids called, I needed to answer the FaceTime. I wanted to see the grandchildren. I wanted to, to have that opportunity. I hated if I missed that moment. But I also didn't value my husband had cooked us a hot meal to sit down and have dinner together. And he wanted to eat while it was warm. I felt like I was telling myself I was a bad mom because I wasn't answering the call because I was eating my dinner and trying to have a dinner with my spouse and, you know, be a normal person. And, and so the emotional elevator, which you do put yourself in there and you ask yourself, you keep asking yourself the questions. So I would say, you know, is it, I'm telling myself I'm a bad mom because I didn't answer the phone. Is that true? No. 
it's not true. Every day of the week, I'm going to tell you, no, it's not true. I'm there for my kids all the time. And just because I choose to not take a call and have a hot dinner doesn't mean I'm a bad mom, Monica. So I think for me, that tip is, you know, after you guys kind of explained your versions too, I, I use that emotional elevator a lot. And I ask myself the questions all the way till I get to the bottom. There's no more questions. Is it true? Yes or no? If it's not true, then I'm like, out, out, we're moving on. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all about being prepared, right? It's all about going through those stages for ourselves and, and understanding how to rebolster ourselves so we can um, go back at it. Yeah. Um, this has been an amazing conversation, Monica. Thank you for bringing your high energy, amazing self to the table today. Um, where can people, yeah, absolutely. Where can people um, find you out in the world if they want to know about your nine businesses or just want to connect to <laughs> So um, the pivotalcompanies.com is my main business. Um, I'm on LinkedIn under Call Monica Morgan. I'm on TikTok under Call Monica Morgan. You can catch me doing all kinds of things, flyering, moving students in, doing turn, punching units, all kinds of things on TikTok. Um, but all of those are under Call Monica Morgan. And then uh, the main business is thepivotalcompanies.com. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Thank um, you guys and so much. Yeah, what a great conversation um, that we had yes. today. Uh, if you want to, if you, if you listener would like to carry on the conversation, you can find uh, Kim and I wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Kick ass career conversations um, goes live every Friday right here where you're watching. But we also have turn this into a podcast, so you can always catch the replay. You can also find what Kim and I are up to at yourkickasscareer.com. Uh, and speaking of what we're up to, we have a micro class coming up all around the micro moments of joy. This is where Kim and I have launched this little series of mini classes at less than 25 minutes uh, where you can get these little golden nuggets to help you make big movements uh, in your life. It's not just about in the work that you do. So join us March 14th for the next one. Uh, also being human in the workplace with Catherine is coming up on March the 1st. So make sure you tune into that however you want to listen. Uh, we're in all the places and spaces, but we're going to have another great conversation. Monica, thank you so much for this juicy, juicy conversation. I don't think we can talk about confidence enough, actually, because there are so mm -hmm. many, so many places and spaces in our lives, I think, as as women, especially where we can feel a little bit wobbly. Uh, so the more we talk about it, the more we come together in community. Um, that's just and the, the, the better off the world is. I agree. Cool things happen when women come together. They really oh, do. Percent. Amen. That is the mic drop moment. Monica, <laughs> thank you again. And thank you everybody for tuning in. We will see you back here. Same time, same bat channel. I haven't said that in a while and we will see you soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks guys. Yeah. That was awesome.